All right, all right, all right, y'all. Welcome back to the Young Adults Podcast. That was like the most like cringy intro I've ever given. But That's uh, Matthew McConaughey, right? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Oh That's man, it's cool. I feel like for each episode, I want to do something unique and fun. There you go. Just was you that know, unique and fun. I, do you not think it was? <laughs> That's what we're calling it: unique and fun. Unique and fun. Right. It's just Garrett. Okay. It's just you Garrett know. being Garrett. Yeah, being Garrett. But hey. Besides Garrett's quirkiness and weirdness, welcome back to the how, podcast. How are you doing, Garrett? How am I? Right now, great. We, you know, poured a big cup of coffee. I made some French press. Yes. Some Nervous Dog beans. Plug the Nervous Dog. It's very great. It's very Lots great. of Nervous Dog on the podcast. Yeah, dude. It's it's wonderful. And so, I got coffee flowing through my veins. You know, it's good. You got Michigan on your shirt. Yep, I'm wearing Michigan. Go blue. Go yeah. Blue. There, there we on. go. And there we go. Beyond that, I'm also excited because I have a, a special guest here. But before we get to the special guest, some of you guys probably guessed it based off his voice if you know him. But Ethan, you're also here. As I, per I usual. am here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Per usual. Which, welcome. Glad you're back. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for having me back, I guess. <laughs> it sounds like we make a joke every time that it's like the Garrett podcast. I'm like, nah. And so like that's like it makes it seem like, welcome back there to my go. show. There you go. Welcome um, back. But no, I'm glad you're here, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Nice. Fantastic! Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, enough of us. They hear enough about us. It's true. But we have a special guest, friend, and comrade in in the ministry, <laughs> Xavier. I never know how to pronounce your last name, so I'm never gonna. Ade kun le. That's what I've always said, dude. I okay. I've always said it that way, and people told me that it's wrong. Oh, well, they were wrong. You know, it's actually really funny because people will come up to my parents and they'll be like saying how they were like correcting someone about our last name and then like they're wrong, but they're like very confident. Yeah. And then like my parents will just be like, it's really awkward because they're like, oh, well, you're kind of saying it wrong, but... Like, yeah. thanks for the thought. You, there's like, so many different pronunciations out yeah. there. I might not even be saying it right, so <laughs> yeah. I don't really get yeah. on people about it. Right. I just, whatever they say, I'm just like, yeah, that's about right. What's yeah. the craziest one you've gotten? Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, let's see. A decanol is popular. <laughs> a decanol. Uh, a dunkle is popular, but there's been some that are just like way off, like not even anywhere close, like at a kunkle. Like, I don't know. I like, don't know where the extra that K is, came from. But That is so good. Yeah. That is so good. I love that. That's amazing. You, so I do have an uh, honest question. I, I can't remember if I've asked you this or not, but I've had this with the first name. Uh, is it... Uh, how do you say your first? Is it Xavier or Xavier? Xavier or like yeah. Xavier? So my mom likes the X sound, so okay. she always taught me growing up to say Xavier. But okay. people like I had a third grade teacher who called me Xavier the whole year, and then like the last day of school, she found out that she was saying it wrong, and she got really mad at me. And I was like, "Oh, sorry. I just don't correct people." Yeah, right. Just, yeah. Right. Do you yeah. get Xavier more than? Um, because yeah. it almost feels like, like there 50, should be an, 50, I an feel E like. or an A in front of it to get the X, but I know we don't do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, some people just call me X. So That's true. Yeah. That's Garrett all the way. Yeah, Garrett. I call you X a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just easier because like, I feel like I like... I end up lisping. <laughs> Xavier so hard. Yeah, I feel like if just I say X is Xavier, like I feel like I'm about to like lisp. Just funny. I mean, I had a lisp for a while growing up too, <laughs> and I didn't even know about it too until like people told me, and yeah. then I was like really embarrassed. But man, I worked over it. It's okay. Yeah. It's in the past. It's in the past. <laughs> it's you know childhood Forget trauma. About it. Yes. Oh whatever. <laughs> yep. No. So we're actually here. The podcast today. We're talking about Xavier's past childhood trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I'm glad you're here, man. It's, really I, it's awesome. good to be here. Thanks yes. for having me. Heck yeah, I'm excited. Man. Well, yeah. I'm curious about this. For the people who might not know you as well or anything like that, give some background. Talk about like, yeah, yourself, like family background. Like, um, yeah, what are some things you do for fun, things you're involved in? And then like, yeah, like maybe a fun fact. What's something like yeah. people might not something know? Something we wouldn't know. Something yeah. about you. you. Try to stump us. Know. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm, I've known you for a while. I know. So I don't and know. I feel like Ethan knows me pretty well, too. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. Well, let's see. So my family, I've, I've grown up at Grace Church. Like yeah. my family's been going up, going to Grace Church for um, probably uh, 16, 17 years now. Wow. So um, I grew up 
going to here. I work at our Barberton campus now, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, Dude, what campus did you grow up at? So I, I started at the Bath campus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then in middle school came over when Barberton got planted. It's crazy. So, yeah. So you, yeah. So you would remember that pretty well. Oh yeah. Was yeah. that a weird transition? Like, oh, do you it was remember? so weird because we went from like this super big church where like all my yeah. friends were at to like this like little church. And at first we met at the elementary school. So yeah. then I was like, I don't know anyone, and I really hated it for a while actually. Yeah. <laughs> but um, now I love it. So now it's like weird going back to Bath because I'm like, whoa, this is so different. Do you, yeah. Do you remember like um, how your parents like talked to you about it or like the heart behind? some of what was going on then for you guys it was more of just like it was 15 minutes closer because we had moved from akron to green um and so it was like a 30 minute drive to bath and so barberton opened and they were like that's 15 minutes away might as well check it out okay there's some like families that that were there from life group that we were connected to so that's awesome yeah that's awesome that's neat man yeah so i'm the oldest of seven so that's some family background um let's see fun fact Seven, did you ever have your own room growing up? I did for a while because there, there's a, a pretty, there's eight years between me and my brother. Okay. Um, and there's even like four and a half years between me and the next sister. And then it was like, boom, 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 boom. Okay. But uh, yeah. yeah, so I did. And those were the glory, the glory years. <laughs> and, uh, and now, yeah, was, I was very sad when he moved in but yes. it's okay we got we've gotten we got, over it we yeah yeah uh, and you moved out <laughs> yeah and then i moved out like guys i need my own room yeah i love that um but yeah let's see a fun fact see i don't even know what you guys don't know about me but let's see my first musical that i i was in was the lion king and i played simba did you guys know that no i I don't think I did. I don't okay, think I knew go. that you did musicals. Yeah, so I started in eighth grade. That was my first. And I had, like, no choir yeah. experience. People were like, you know, they don't give leads to, like, choir, <laughs> or, like, non-choir members. Right. I just, like, Lion King, this is cool. I want to try out. Um, and, like, I remember trying to. Cause <laughs> you for got the, audition, the lead. <laughs> well, for the audition, we had to do Star Spangled Banner. And I remember practicing with my mom. And she was like, uh, I'm not sure about this. Like, <laughs> I, was, I have a recording, actually, on my phone of, like, one of my <laughs> first. And it's so cringy. Oh, man. <laughs> but it was rough. But then, like, I kind of, like, I had to, like, learn how to be comfortable with my voice. Because that was just not something I had yeah. explored at that point. I was kind of a band kid growing up. Mm. But... Man, that's amazing. Wow. So that was the start of my musical career was Lion King. (laughs) That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I thought you were going to say, we were joking earlier, and I was really hoping it was true, like that your fro is actually just a helmet that you wear, and you were just going to take it off in the middle of the podcast. Well, I had a buzz cut for like most of my life. Did you? Yeah. So it wasn't until eighth grade. I have a sensitive scalp, and I was like, I'm not getting my hair cut anymore. Mm. You're just going for it. You just grew it out. Dude, it's it's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Yes. God has blessed you with many locks. Yeah, it's like my Samson... Like that's what I think. <laughs> that's, that's your what strength. My mom would say. It's yes, like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love it, man. Well, I'm glad that you're on here, man. Yeah, and like, so you growing up in Grace, been going around and stuff, and now kind of explain like a little bit of like your role. Even I'm curious about that for people who might not know, like in ministry, because like was it right out of high school you jumped into to ministry like full throttle, man? Yeah, it was it was awesome. I was grateful for the opportunity to hop on board as like the student ministry intern. Yeah. Um so that was like a neat door that God had opened. Um and so right now I'm leading our high school and middle school ministry mm-hmm. at the Barberton campus and it's just been God's just been blessing in unique ways and so it's been a lot of fun just like um hanging out with students on the weekly and then also just learning how to lead volunteers and parents and yeah. help just the whole church kind of gather around like mm-hmm. um the youth like that's one of our values is mm-hmm. like we value kids and students so like part of my job too is like even ho- hopefully my goal is that the church would see how important it is that we raise up the next like generation of leaders oh, yeah. and make disciples um starting at a young age you know yeah it's huge it really I, lo- I love uh feel like we're comrades doing this together yeah you know? and mm-hmm. i love doing it I don't know. Cross the pond, I was going to mm. say, but that's probably the wrong metaphor. Um, but <laughs> Lake just, Anna. Yeah, Lake Anna. Yeah, Lake Anna. <laughs> Across Lake Anna. I love that we're so close, and yet God's doing some neat things, and yeah. it's cool to see yeah. how God's using you, man, uh, there. It's uh, 
and and fun that we get to partner doing stuff here mm-hmm. uh, being a part of young adults and uh, we got Barbara and young adults hanging out uh, here with us at Norton and so it just yeah. feels like one uh, community it really know, does. which is neat yeah um, can I don't know if we were gonna go here but I wanted to ask like tell me maybe journey with Jesus when Jesus started making sense to you mm. and then I'd love to know what made you want to go into ministry too <laughs> yeah uh, for those who maybe didn't know yeah so like I said I, I grew up in the church which always has unique dynamics because you when I feel like church kids like always struggle with this concept of like well like I've always known Jesus mm-hmm. but like when did he actually like become real and personal and yes. like when did you really wrestle and make your faith your own and stuff and so like I, I did the typical church kid thing where like you know I made that first decision mm-hmm. to follow Jesus at a young age mm-hmm. at Bible camp but then like I would say like kind of like middle school early uh, late elementary years was definitely like I, I feel like this whole like identity struggle like I was like the new kid in second grade and like from there just kind of found some friends and stuff who probably weren't the best influence on me and so really wrestled with this whole like double life of like mm-hmm. um kind of acting one way at school and being another way at home and at church and then like um when it came to fifth grade around there I started going on these mission trips to Philadelphia and so like I remember my it was my third year on the trip and I just had this really heavy conviction moment because at the time um I was like in eighth grade and my or I was in seventh grade going into eighth grade and I as the oldest kid my 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 parents had a lot of like responsibility on me mm-hmm. and were pretty strict, I would say. And so I just like really disagreed with like uh, a lot of like their rules and like parenting. And um, so I would kind of go behind their back with some things. And I just had this huge conviction moment of like, wait, uh, I can't be like on this trip. And I've seen the Holy Spirit do all these incredible things and using me in all these ways. But like back at home, I'm like not like living out my faith like this. Like um, I really don't think my peers could see really anything different about me at the time um and just like how i was going behind my parents back so like i went home from that trip and i remember like praying in my bed and just like uh repenting and just like asking god for like his forgiveness and um i like sat my parents down kind of told them everything (laughs) i I, sat my parents down that's amazing (laughs) yeah it was family meeting yeah um and it was literally the day before my first day of eighth grade and i sat them down told them everything I had been keeping from them. Mm, wow. And and then like from that point on is where I really see like looking back like God just really like taking off in my life like yeah. uh putting me in positions of like influence showing me what gifts that he wanted me to use for his glory like I, like I said the musical like 8th grade and that's when I became like uh president of my class and I started like I started actually seeing transformation like I stopped like cursing I stopped like I had a better group of friends and I was more of an influence on them than they were on me wow. and like my peers started to like notice that like I I was a follower of Jesus and like I would speak out on my faith and like uh, share the gospel with my peers and like I started um, like leading a a Bible club Um, my my sophomore year became like a co-president of our fellowship of Christian students group Mm -hmm. and so like my the year going into my freshman year is when I really felt this strong uh, calling that like God like had gifted me and wanted me to use his gifts for his glory and not my own and that he was actually uh, leading me towards full-time ministry. So I was like, all right, Lord, don't know what that looks like, what that <laughs> means, but like, let me make these next four years of high school like my ministry. Yeah. Um, and so that was probably where that first started. And then Man. just like... Um, definitely had a different idea in mind like I had no intention of staying local at all for college like I wanted to be as far away from my family as possible (laughs) like as far away just like I was looking at other states but then like God closed doors and opened doors and it was just like he definitely I kind of had my like Jonah running away kind of moment but like God definitely like brought me to where he wanted me and now I'm like oh yeah, I'm so glad it worked out this way yeah. and not how I was planning it. Yeah, but I'm glad it worked out that way too, man. Yeah, yeah we wouldn't awesome. be sitting here right now. Right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's been cool to see what God's doing. And, and I think it's awesome that we get the opportunity, like we said, like Sunday nights to partner together and like, you know, different campuses, but same heart, same vision. And mm-hmm. and it's neat to kind of run into this together, especially in the young adult world where I think, and, and that's kind of been the inception of like where Ethan and I started having these conversations and stuff about like, 
yeah, we're, we're in a, a culture where people are kind of running around doing their, their own thing and kind of like, you know, what, what would it look like to center in on and find uh, what it means to, to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of the craziness, it's like we, we're, we're talking about like the title of the podcast, Run and Resist. Like how do we, um, instead of like you mentioned Jonah, instead of like running away from like what God actually has for us, run into what he has for us mm-hmm. and resist the things of the world. And, and what we've been saying is like put on the new self, resist the old self. Mm-hmm. Um, and within that, so today we're talking um, running into rest, resisting exhaustion, and, and I think there's some elements of your story that I think might be cool and like excited to hear. And I think there's just things from like the three of us sitting down, just like let's like, like throw this topic around. Let's figure out like what what Jesus uh, is really calling us into. And Xavier, you're not like the expert on this. That's not why we brought you in. But I think it's cool like get a young adult perspective, somebody who's like not only in ministry but like walking through like figuring out uh, school, work, life in general, like all these sort of things. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the three of us sit down kind of walking through this. And, and, and to begin, I think there's something interesting, like we've been doing this, figuring out the, the like get our, our, our like grasp of terms almost of like yeah. uh, starting off with e- exhaustion. So it's like in order to know like what we want to run into it, like there's something important about knowing, okay, well, what, what am I trying to resist? What am I trying to push back, push mm-hmm. away? So in terms of ex- exhaustion, like if we were to put legs on this, Thing. like mm-hmm. what does that look like is it like comparable to anything is it like how, where does exhaustion show up in our lives like why is this even something that like right now is important to talk about yeah um i, I would say like when i think about exhaustion i think like completely depleted right mm-hmm. and i would say the only way we become completely like depleted is like when we're relying on ourselves and relying on our own will and strength mm. and not God. And I think we'll probably talk a little bit more about this, I'm assuming, but like the difference between that and just like, and tired Oh yeah. and like tired and exhaustion, I would say are, are different. Um, and, but like when we talk about exhaustion, I would say like the moments I'm exhausted are because I'm not relying on God and the rest that he wants to give me to fill me up and to give me strength to continue and press on. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's really funny right now is I, I'm feeling a little convicted as you're talking. Cause my, <laughs> I'm like, I feel tired, you know, yeah. like I just feel yeah. tired and, uh, it's, it's interesting, like, when you talk to people, you're like, how you doing? And, ah, oh, man, I'm so exhausted. Yeah. Oh, tell me about that. Mm. Well, I've just been so busy, you know, like, <laughs> and I think there's, like, we've talked about this before, but there's, like, a badge of busyness that we wear that's, oh, yeah. like, man, the busier I am, the more important I must be. Mm. The more exhausted I am, the more important I must be, um, things like that. And so I think exhaustion is, it's just a reality that, uh, everybody has. And so we're okay with it. We just accept it. And I think, um, when it comes to following Jesus, I actually think the, one of the worst things you could be is exhausted. Uh, cause I have never found myself at my best where I'm like, you know what? I'm so tired right now, but I just feel like I can really connect with this person or relate or present to people. And I'm not snippy or short or whatever, you know, like when I'm tired, I'm like, I need a nap or I'm going to lose it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm usually short with the people that I'm closest to. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to love people. And yeah. Love when you're God tired. When you're exhausted. Yeah. 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 No mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. No yeah. Doubt. I'm curious about this. Like, how do, because though it is something that I think it's very prevalent nowadays, because like I, there, there's an aspect of like, there's a lot of people who are tired, but there's also a good amount of people that are genuinely like exhausted, I think. And sometimes it flies under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm curious about this. Where where do we see, um, I, I guess, this, like how, how do people look at it? How do people perceive exhaustion? And like, I mean, you touched on a little bit, Ethan, of like there there is almost this like, yeah, you can wear the badge of busyness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah talk to me a little bit like more on that i guess and like how people in our culture in our day and age would look at exhaustion or to be running on fumes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah so my free time i study japanese i'm totally kidding i do not but uh i did uh okay apparently xavier studies wow those are just like three words i know (laughs) what what do they mean well i said hello good morning chicken (laughs) <laughs> chicken I'm not the, chicken niwatori I, I could be saying that wrong. My one of my best friends growing up was Japanese, so on the bus he would teach me a lot of like 
Japanese and um, a lot a lot of times they were like bad words yep. too but yep. yeah that was always what it was when I you could always say like but <laughs> dude whenever there were guys that knew some other language like teach me all the bad words like when you're in like especially oh my gosh yeah back in the day you're just like, it's like middle school it yeah. is yeah yeah but anyway so you uh, study Japanese I do not study Japanese but <laughs> there is a word they coined for exhaustion that's a little different that they would say is kuroshi okay I think I said that right kuroshi but it literally means death by overwork Hmm. And the reason they coined it was a guy in the 1980s uh, was a stockbroker, okay? Hmm. And he was kind of the superhuman that uh, they would promote all over the place because he would work 90 hours a week usually. Yeah, which is like unreal. And then he would, uh, during a heavy season of work, he would pick up more hours, more hours, more hours. Uh, Even beyond 90 hours, he would keep working. And literally, he ended up passing from a heart attack, right, at wow. the ripe old age of 26. Oh, wow. Right? So that's like my age right now. I'm like, Sheesh. wow. So to, to just have like our age demographic, he was a young adult, just overworked himself to the point of literally having a heart attack and dying. Uh, so they coined this term around it. And I think uh, exhaustion stabs, maybe not just from work, like physical work, or because work is not a bad thing it's not no. inherently bad school is not a bad thing uh by itself and i think that sometimes our culture it's like we swing the pendulum like yeah. it's like oh i'm exhausted i need to just relax and rest and whatever or man i need to quit my job and just kind of kind of <laughs> hang out in slippers and a robe all day and like rest relax or there's the other swing where it's like i don't want to be lazy and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to just kill myself to prove to people that I'm not lazy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's exactly, uh, uh, as we think about it, it's like relying more on myself and my effort to try and be God mm-hmm. and try and promote and work and build my kingdom and my world the way that I desire it to be. So I'm going to work to get money so that I can buy my stuff. I'm going to work to get the status to get my stuff. And so I'll work to show to you that I can do it and that I am enough. And then it robs us of like this um, true rest in a, in a, like a, not a, um, uh, not like maybe margin to rest, but actual rest, like within our, within our life, within our heart, within our soul, like, because we don't ever spend time to love God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And love takes time. Love, you you actually feel like you're wasting time, a lot of it, but it's the biggest investment mm. that you make. And so I, th- I think there's like this, um, we, we keep running this rat race, trying to build our kingdom, yeah. rather than recognize we're a part of something greater than anything we're trying to build. Yeah, well, what you're describing is like, like when people experience burnout, it's like exactly. what what's happening at the root is like this identity issue. It's like either my identity is put in what other people think of me. So I'm always like working hard so that people, I look good in the public eye. And that, that leads to me just being done and just tired and don't want to do anything. Um, or it, my, my identity is in like wealth or like uh, uh, trying to uh, obtain something. And so I'm just working towards this goal, working towards this goal kind of like the american dream Mm -hmm. right and and when you when you do that relentlessly right with uh your your what what's what you're doing is you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there and that can be a very dangerous thing because you might you know that's how a lot of times people get like mistreated and abused because like someone has this goal in mind and they 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 devalue other human beings in order to prioritize this goal they're trying to achieve. And, and like once they like try and and once they get there and stuff, they're still unsatisfied. So Mm -hmm. they have like another goal. And like when you're just continually unsatisfied chasing after this unreachable dream, you're Mm going to eventually reach to the end of yourself. Yeah. Well, it makes me think there's a, a wise pastor who once said, that <laughs> you got it's Dan, um, but <laughs> Pastor Dan here. Um, I love he. We were actually in a meeting yesterday. I think you were in that meeting, but he said that um, if I allow what I do to define me, or I there's two aspects. Like you can allow 
what you do, your work to define you, or you can allow who I am, my identity, my identity define what I do. Mm-hmm. There's two ways you could take it where either your work shapes your identity or your identity shapes yeah. your work. And what you're talking about, I think is fascinating of like, if my work is my identity, then I will pour every ounce of myself into that thing because that's the only place I find value. It's the only place I find uh, security. It's the only place I find. So you, you, you run into that and what ends up happening is we're not designed for that. Mm-hmm. And Jesus looks and says, you know, that like we need to like, like uh, lean into who he says we are and stuff. And that'll allow us to know what we're supposed to do. And it's funny because work is a part of that. Like we said, like work isn't a yeah. bad thing. Like a part of my identity is like the things that I go out and do, but the things I do don't identify me. Mm-hmm. It's only a small aspect of that. Yeah, I think like uh, relationships is the core of like who God wired us to be. We're yeah. supposed to be in relationship with him, relationship with each other. And in Western culture, it seems like we have become so time focused, so oh, yeah. work heavy oh, yeah. that we become slaves to our schedule. We become so consumed with... Um, what it is that we could be doing and we never focus on just like being Mm. right. So I want to be with God present to God. Um, I want to be with people present to people, but you ever in a conversation where you're like sitting there going, okay, what's the next thing that I'm doing after this? I got it. This I'm going to, and this I need to do, or just checking your phone. Yeah. You're checking your phone. (laughs) Not And it's just like inundated in our culture to like, right. What's the next thing? The next thing? The next thing? Okay, what's my calendar tomorrow? And that's good. Like, you should have a schedule. You should yeah. plan your days, all that. Make make them count in that way. But at the same time, you're like, do I ever have, am I actually present to the moment mm. looking at people? Oh, yeah. Not anxious about what what's coming next. I think right. about Jesus and, like, he was a busy guy, you know? Super busy. Super busy. And he got, he got tired, right, because he was human. But, like, he was always willing to let his schedule be interrupted for the purpose mm. of God's kingdom. Yeah. And he was always wow, willing yeah. to um, uh, see people and meet them where they're at, where they at. And sometimes that meant, like, oh, I have to put a pause to my like physical needs in this moment or my physical wants in this moment. But the thing about Jesus is that he always ran back to the father and he was mm. always remaining connected to the father and spending that time with the father where he was energized so that he could be interrupted throughout his day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. I think it was C.S. Lewis, I think who said, who said you are who you truly are when you're interrupted mm. and or something like that wow. is it, like, you are who you are when you're in inter- during your interruptions, which I'm like when I'm interrupted, I'm like f- mm-hmm. a little flustered, a little frustrated, <laughs> yeah. kind of like, ah, man, I was doing something. And just knowing that you're like, oh man, God, how am I just like present to what you're doing? Even in the interruptions is so oh. good. Like Jesus was the epitome of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, guys, I'm curious about this. So something I personally always say is like, I'd, I'd rather be busy than bored. I think there's an aspect of like, I I never, I never like being bored because yeah. what happens is I think um, boredom one that that's a that's a place for temptation to sneak in that's a place that's for good. sin mm-hmm. to sneak in, um, and yet in that desire to be busy like I also uh, you guys might agree is like I never want to have just busy work. I never mm-hmm. just want to do something just yep. to do it. And I think there needs to be a purpose behind it. And like we've been saying, like there's an interesting thing within this conversation of like, I want to have stuff to do, but I never, I, I, I don't want it to be in vain. I think something like you to hit it on a little bit with the aspect of like Jesus takes these interruptions, but it's never like just for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And, and, and he's running around doing stuff um, because it's beneficial to the kingdom. I think what you said there is powerful. Like, you know, like he, he allowed interruptions for the sake of the kingdom. Um, and when we have this conversation about rest, I think a lot of times, like, like my desire to run into busyness outside of, and a desire to run away from boredom is because we can view, and, and, and it's easy because there are uh, opportunities where it does come about where um, my rest can turn into laziness. Yep. Um, and I, boredom and laziness, I think, are very much so in the same camp, mm-hmm. 100%. Yes. And so I'm curious about this even like, okay, so um, we would say run into rest. And a lot of people will be like, well, you're just lazy. Like you go home and you sit and you read. 
Mm. Or you just sit and like you're wasting time where you could be out making money. You could be out, you know, pushing your, your industry. You could be out grinding, you know, whatever. It's like <laughs> grind don't stop. Yeah. The grind don't yeah. stop sort of thing. Like this, this like, you know, culture of like, yeah, like going and like, you know, going to the millstone, man, you're going to go there and sit there for hours and go just grind away at your work. And, and yet Jesus calls us to rest. Mm-hmm. I think there's this weird dichotomy of like, yeah, I, I want to be busy and I don't want to be bored. Yeah. And, and how can I walk into rest um, with, with like resisting even laziness and boredom. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the way you do that is by being very intentional about your rest. Like mm-hmm. Jesus, he ran into rest very intentionally. Like mm-hmm. he had a place, he had a time, right? And you see that in scripture as he would wake up early in the morning, go into the wilderness, right? Um, what, what happens is if we're not intentional about our rest, that's where we get on the phone scrolling through Instagram yeah. for eight hours. And it's I like, I feel so rested. And, <laughs> and like, that's not, that's not rest. That's yeah. like laziness that, that can mm-hmm. get into some boredom. It's a distraction. It, yeah. It, it's actually like not filling us up. It's no. not the rest that God like intended us mm-hmm. to be. Cause I would say I'm, I'm very much like you. Like I can't, the reason why I struggle even to like, watch like a show by myself so i like really don't watch tv much anymore or like even read because if i'm just like sitting still like doing something like that like uh, i feel like i'm i'm wasting my time but like sometimes when i i'm intentional about it though it's like oh i'd i'd love to watch a show with like a family or like Mm. with a friend and like that's very intentional or like if i'm reading so that like i can be like fed the word or like be Mm. uh or develop my leadership or something like a book that or just that i enjoy um so that i can like uh just kind of take my mind off of some of the stresses and stuff. If I'm like more intentional about like what I'm doing, then it actually does end up being restful. But if it's just kind of like not, not, not really thought through, then Mm, it it kind of will lead to like this like laziness. And then I get more anxious because I'm like feeling like I should be doing busyness. Mm, Yeah. I think the biggest intentional part to rest is that God created life as a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so anything that I feel like I can enjoy the gift of life that God's given me mm. is like, man, going outside on a walk <laughs> and just being amazed at the yeah. woods or the the smells or the sounds or whatever. Mm. You're like, man, life is a this beautiful gift that feels like you, you could be wasting time, but it's really, um, it, it, if we don't look at life as a gift, we'll look at God as not good, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think there's a sense where a lot of people live ungrateful because um, they think they have to achieve, they think they have to do, there's lots to be uh, had, and you got to see it, get it, mm-hmm. go for it kind of thing. And mm-hmm. Jesus uh, seemed to be present to the, his moments and enjoyed life as a gift, had this rhythm of rest that was very intentional. That So I think there's a God in, in the beginning creates everything, and then he sets this rhythm of rest, the yeah. seven-day mm-hmm. kind of rhythm. He would also get up early in the morning, and often it says Scripture would go by himself to be and pray and be with God. And so there's this rest in a, on a spiritual yeah. level uh, mm-hmm. for him. But... Uh, what I'm hearing you say just reminded me of like scripture. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of Hebrews, and in Hebrews, um, I think it's four, verse nine. Uh, it says this: "There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Mm. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their work, just as God did from His right creation, all that." And then he says this, let us, therefore, whoever wrote Hebrews, we're not really sure, Mm. but he has this kind of throwaway line that's so good, make every effort to enter that rest. Mm. That rest is this work that we almost have to do to to enter in it so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. So I do think that when I try and work and build my world, that what I don't realize is that's actually building something in me. That's shaping me into a person who feels like I have to control, I have to go, I have to make, and what I'm making is more important than who God's forming me to be. And uh, even being present to the people 
uh, and loving people around me and spending time to to love God, to enjoy life as this gift, to yeah. uh, waste time with Jesus because it's never a waste, you know? Yeah, I love that piece of, like, you're saying viewing life as a gift and, like, when we view God as, like, our Father who and us as his children who he wants to give us good gifts, mm-hmm. it, like, it makes me think about in the Genesis creation story of, like, why didn't God just create everything in one day and then rest? <laughs> You know, I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but like he he breaks it off into six days of like create creating things, and after each one, he kind of pauses and is like, "This is good," right? Yeah. And he cre- and then the next day happens, he creates, "Oh, this is good," and when he makes humans, he's like, "This is very good," right? Yeah. And then he rests, and it's like, what if like you know we viewed each day as that of like, oh, taking a moment to slow down, pause look reflect on our day like we are creatures who create who make things too and we work because god has given us like what if we like looked at our work and been like oh today was a good day like i saw the goodness of god in all of these different places and like wow god and then now i get to like rest and be okay with that and go to Mm. sleep like physically rest my body yeah there's wake up the next day you know there's a rhythm of rest even throughout the week and then a a climax to rest almost in the end of the week that's that's powerful there's Mm -hmm. an aspect to that of you know you think about this i think this is huge of like you mentioned that this came to my mind of we we tend to be well we're in a culture of of deadlines Mm. Like there's there's a deadline needs to be met right here right Especially now. College students. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> like oh I got the exam. I got to do this. I got to. And what happens is you you combine a culture of deadlines with a culture of um like the grind mm. of like give all you have every second of the day and those two things together is a ticking time bomb because what <laughs> you end up doing is okay I got like six, five or six days in the work week, depending on your work week. So like, let's just say five. So like a normal work week, I have five days. Well, my deadline is at the end of the week. Well, okay, I, I know these are the main things and I can get them, but we also were like, oh, but I, I need to add in more. Let me <laughs> let me get more and, and I'll work and I'll go. And we think it's so good to go the extra mile, which a lot of times it's like, yeah, do things excellently. But sometimes we push ourselves beyond the limit and it, and it even goes into the corner of like, okay, I think you gave too much. And we're mm. like, you can give too much? And, and, and I think of this, so like, you know, I work within like the creative arts ministry here. So like working with music a lot of, and I always tell some musicians this, and I think it's so true in a lot of areas of life is like, less is more. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we try to give and give and give. And what ends up happening is it gets muddy. Like the things that we do gets muddy. And it's like, you want to like, so like we're, we want the product. So you talk about we're creatures of wanting to, to create. We want to make things. We want to do stuff. And within you mix that in with the whole mess of like, yeah, we're grinding away. We're doing all this sort of stuff. What ends up happening is you get to the end of the work week and you're like, okay, yeah, you put in a crazy amount of hours. You made the deadline. You did all this sort of stuff. But it's just a, like a jumbled up mess. And you added in too, like, mm. dude, you could have done this way simpler. Like, you, like, you just killed yourself for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and that's where I think there is that rhythm that Jesus sets up for us that God like looks at us and says, like, give your best, but don't kill yourself over it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you and like there, there's an aspect of you need to set rhythms in your life. Otherwise, you, you'll lose yourself in the midst of the craziness. And I think it's important to, to just almost encapsulate what we're talking about. You have these healthy rhythms of rest mm-hmm. that you you have to make effort to make those happen. Right. Um, and yet, I do think there's a lot of talk right now about like, oh man, we, we got to enjoy rest. We have to um, have the beautiful vacations mm-hmm. and the perfect moments in silence with God and the uh, whatever, the, the nice school breaks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we can idealize it in a sense mm. where then we never allow our rest to be interrupted. Mm. Because when Jesus, yeah. you know, like Jesus has the longest day of his life, right? Mm. The longest day of his life, he finds out that his cousin was beheaded, John the Baptist. And then it literally says, scripture says, he goes off to be with God. And then the crowds find him. And he goes into this long sermon with the crowds that he just all of a sudden had to do, right? Like he's talking to the crowds, has compassion on them. And then later that night, he's walking on the water, calming a storm. And he he's just had this crazy, he was trying to connect with God. And yet, 
at the same time, it wasn't just connecting with God in the silence, but he looked at the interruption that happened yeah. and was like, okay, God, you're, you're do, the Father's trying to do something here, mm-hmm. uh, and so I want to be intentional, and I don't want to miss this moment. And so there's this fine tension, I feel like, mm-hmm. to try and go, let's not idealize rest where mm-hmm. I can't be interrupted, and I have to go on a mountaintop, yeah. and... I'll come back down. Don't worry. But like, no, sometimes there are situations, there are circumstances where like, you know what? I might not uh, be able to uh, have the idealized picture of a rest. Like, I don't know. I'm a dad now. So like my kid cries when I'm like, oh man, I'm reading my Bible and I can't go Denver. Stop it. You know, like, uh, yeah. like my job is to be present to God yeah. in that moment and present to my kid. Like that's what love is. It's not there's a selfishness to rest that I think our culture can have where it's like, uh, if we're not careful, we can, we can just get selfish with it. That it's like the rest is all about um, me and trying to self love almost rather than like be present to the gift of life. Yeah. Cause rest isn't about us. It's about us trusting God. Like that's what he wants us to get out of it. And like, I've wrestled with this funny, you talk about like deadlines. So like Mm -hmm. I have a paper dude, uh, this Friday at 11.59, right? And so, like, last night, it was kind of, like, a long day, and it's a little past midnight, and I'm like, okay, should I, like, start maybe working, fit a few, um, like, maybe research points in? Um, But I I got to this point where I was like, okay, if I'm going to be only getting, like, four hours of sleep by doing this, tomorrow I'm going to be too exhausted to even try and work on this. Like it's like almost like that, uh, quantity over versus quality quality kind of thing. It's like, I could squeeze in this like time and stuff, but is it really worth it in the end where I could like actually have some quality hours working on this versus quantity. Mm. And it's like, am I trusting that like God's no matter what, Mm. like even if I fit, don't turn this in on time, get a bad grade. Is that like where my identity's in or am I trusting like, no, like God wants me to trust him by resting my body and like, and, and and resting in him. And like, can I trust him enough that like, even though I have this thing in the Mm. future that like I can still rest and like, it will work itself out, you know? Yeah. Well, that makes me think about this man, like in terms of practically, because like you, you give a really real, real example of that, of like walking through life. It's like, I got things to do, man. I got stuff to like stuff to do, people to be me, like places to be, all that sort of stuff. And, and, and you can find yourself in those moments of wrestling of like, okay, where do I take the moments? Where do I, where is it necessary that I might pull an all night or where is it necessary mm-hmm. for like, no, go to bed. It, like you'll get to it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, and wrestling with that. I'm curious, like, um, I've, I've heard it said before that rest, um, well, put it this way, in our culture, a lot of times rest is viewed as empty your mind. Like mm. there's like this whole thing of like rest, just empty your mind, like like it's like the off switch sort of thing. But Jesus, we see this, that he, he paints it in a different light where rest would really be a filling of your mind. So then how do we practically, as people seeking after following Jesus and trying to run into rest while resisting exhaustion, how do I resist exhaustion through a filling kind of rest? What does that look like practically? Like, how might we um, run into that? Yeah. So, can I give just super practical? And I go extreme with it yeah. because I'm. I that's a little bit of my personality. <laughs> so I'm not trying to give a outline for everybody. Yeah. But I think there's a huge sense. So, so you're exactly right. I want to be aware of God throughout my day. I think that's where I find my rest. Like. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Psalms talks like he's he's the place where I dwell. He's the fortress. He's like I want to have this experience of just being aware of God throughout the day um, and experience Him throughout the day, not just like in a moment and like expect that to like last my day almost. Um, so one of the biggest things that I do practically to rest, uh, I think, and this might not sound very restful, but for me it is. Um, is I don't have notifications on my phone except my calendar. And so some people, like, I, as far as, like, social media, I don't have that. As far as, like, um, uh, I don't know, email, I don't have that. I don't, I don't even have text messaging as a notification uh, to show up because what I find is, like, it, it, um, 
it interrupts my day in a way that I don't need it. Mm-hmm. So like a notification, I don't need to know that somebody is, doesn't Snapchat have like a typing feature where you're like, this person's uh, typing to you now. Like what those types of notifications. Why do I need to know that? <laughs> yeah. Like, or the news notification of, Hey, by the way, this is going on and it's really not good. And you're like, oh, well that interrupted my <laughs> day in a way that, that <laughs> yeah. breaks connection with what I was already doing mm-hmm. or processing, but also breaks connection with like I, my, my heart just gets jumbled and, and directed mm-hmm. in several different things where I, think Mm. there's a sense of living into this rest of just going uh god i I don't want to like practically i don't want notifications interrupting my day i don't need to be notified of everything but just like being present to the moment and present to where i'm at you know like present to the people around me like it's this deep sense of uh just going okay i want to be aware of the place where I'm at, not thinking about all the other things that are out there. So that's one practical, I think for me, as I practice rest, it's like, Mm. that's huge because most things aren't as important as I think they are. And most things, um, don't need my attention the minute that I think they do. And, uh, I think technology is a great thing. I'm not, I'm not anti that, but it's shaping us into exhausted people more than like as we shape technology, I think it's shaping us too, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it forms us into exhausted people. I think more yeah. than we realize the all the notifications, the messages, the things yeah. like that throughout the day. Yeah, I think we also have to just view rest also as worship to God. Like yeah. when it when um, Jesus says like love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Like I even think of rest like. I can feel rested physically, but not rested spiritually or emotionally or like mentally. Um, like there's, I think different elements of rest yes. too. Like, are you finding rest in like, like your, your current relationships? Like, is mm-hmm. there like tension that, that hasn't been resolved or rested? Is there like, are you finding rest in like your mental like health? Right. Like, or is the anxiety, depression, whatever clouding and preventing you from rest? And then like, obviously the physical rest, like um, getting enough sleep and, and, but then also the spiritual rest, like is, is your soul like resting in the goodness of God and who he is and his grace? Are you giving, like, are you, uh, accepting the grace that God wants to offer you every day, even when you mess up and uh, you don't do things perfectly, mm. but are you still resting in his grace and love for you? Um, and so like all of that is like worship. Um, Cause sometimes I can get in my head of like, I'll feel bad when I'm like uh, praying or reading my Bible and then I like fall asleep or something. Mm. And, but like, if you think about it, if you think about rest as worship, like, even when you're sleeping, like, it's like, as if you were just like talking to God and then you fall asleep in his arms, like as your father, like as a kid would with their father. Um, and it's like, that's still when you're resting your body, you're still worshiping Mm -hmm. God and trusting him in that. Um, and so it's, there's like a lot more to rest. And sometimes we like just wrap our minds around. Yeah. I think it's just, uh, rest is enjoying God. It's Mm -hmm. enjoying the person of Jesus. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I, I think, at the end of the, I think all this stuff is incredible and really helpful. And there's something to, to running into rest that is so difficult nowadays, but yet so, um, so necessary. And it's necessary to do it in the way that it was designed to be done. Mm. Because we can have this, this fake false sense of rest when really we're just draining ourselves. And, yes. and, and if we're trying to lean into so like I'll speak to the person who'd say I'm following Jesus. If I if I'm looking to go and make an impact for the kingdom and I'm not resting, I'd say take a break and step away. I see a lot of people and it, and it happens you see it clearly in people who do ministry where there's some people who who grind in ministry like who work vocationally. Mm-hmm. So like the three of us at this table we do that. And it's easy to see it because it's like my, my whole life is ministry. My whole life is doing this. And, and like, well, everything I'm doing is for the kingdom of God. So I can't <laughs> rest. I got to do this. And what happens mm. then is that's when you slip up. 
mm-hmm. and that's when you have the the failings. But yeah, but we even see that in young adults all the time. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. I can be involved in so much church stuff right. and never actually rest. Exactly. And and that's where like you get into the the thing of um, I think at the end of the day, I I, I I'm. I'm going back to something my dad has always said to me growing up is that I, I am too much of a yes man, not in the sense of like, I'll just agree with whatever you say, but in the sense of I'm a people pleaser who, if yep. you ask me to do something, I'll say yes. Me too. I'm like, yeah, I'm very much mm-hmm. so like, but what I've learned and I remember like, especially when I started walking into ministry and like doing stuff full time, my dad's like, we were having a conversation and he's like, buddy, you got to learn to say no. Mm-hmm. But also there's an aspect of, of learn what, to say yes to because um, there's a lot of great things that I look and some people like, I think they take it too far where they're like, I need to say no to these things because I have too much going on. And I'm like, you just missed an incredible opportunity. And it's like, you actually probably should have ran into that. And then that other thing that like, yeah, it's great. It probably wasn't helpful. And you running into that isn't helping you at all. And what I think is fascinating is Jesus looks at us and I think it says the same thing of like learn what to run into, learn what to say yes to, but also learn what to say no to. Like I like you, you see this, especially in the, the form of delegation. Like if you want a great example, go to Acts. You see there's a moment where the, the apostles, these guys who are like the, the walked with Jesus, did all these sort of things. And they're like, there's so many good things. Like we need to be with the widows and with the, we, we have to be hands on doing these ministry things. But they're like. That are important. That are, they're very important. It's like somebody needs to do that. But they're like, but we got other things as well. And they said, well, look, I don't have the time for it. Not that I don't care. I just don't have the time. But hey, you, you have the time and you also are probably way more skilled at working with these people and doing these things. And so they sent them so that they were freed up mm-hmm. to do other things. And all in all, I think there's something important about like, what do I say yes to and what do I say no to? And wherever you're at, whether you're following Jesus and you're tired, or if you, you don't know about the whole Jesus thing and you're tired, wherever you are, if you're feeling to the point of exhaustion, like I'm going to burn out. I, 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 I pulled this passage up and I think this is where if there's something that you should say yes to, that if there's something worthy of giving your time to, it's Jesus. And he says this in Matthew 11. Can we, can we just close out with his words? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. So, and so this is this is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he's talking with the people. And, and uh, I think we, we read the end of this, but I'm going to read the whole passage. I think it's fascinating. So starting in verse 25, he, he finished up and it says, at the time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children, talking to the people there in front of him. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will that all things have been handed over to me, Jesus, by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then this is key. He looks to the people and he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that's our prayer, y'all. That we'd run and say yes to Jesus, follow him in all that we do. Grateful for this conversation, you guys. Grateful that we get to run into Jesus and run into the rest he has for us.